Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the 12 Ounces of Sobriety Podcast. My name is Pat Sharp here with my awesome co-host, Carson Woodell. How's it going, buddy? What's up, brother? Doing well over here. Glad to be back. Glad to be back in the motherland, Charlotte, yeah. North Carolina. Yeah, and recording in studio yeah, again today. Yeah. Phone, Versus, the phone thing was weird. You know, I'm glad we were able to do that. I'm glad we had technology to do that, but I'd prefer this every every single time. Well, the airport announcements in the background was a real nice <laughs> touch to everything. <laughs> yeah, about every about every three minutes, there's so, a blast on the intercom. Yeah, we'll get into your trip in just a minute. So today I'm at day 196. It's a Woo! Thursday, so I'll be at 200 days come Monday, and you are 32 days below that. So let me do some quick math. Boom, boom, boom. Carry 164. Yes. yes. You are, you're a mathematician. Yes, 164. So that's good stuff here, man. I'm pumped for you. Cannot wait for our recording on Monday when you're at the big two hundy. Yes. We will finish the, we'll have part two of the book review, uh, Alcohol Lied to Me by Craig Beck yeah. on Monday. Yeah. We got, yeah, got pushed back a little bit. Pat has been crazy busy with work. Obviously, I was out of town at work and I thought I was going to have more free time. I did not. I didn't get the free time that I had so desired to read the book. So we are gonna push that back a little bit. What are we gonna do for your two hundred day? Should we go crazy and like get a pizza or something? Ooh, we could record an episode, grab a pizza, and then go to a twelve step meeting. Oh my god, man! Monday's gonna be wild. Let's go. Yeah, we do a pizza review. No, we're not gonna do that. You can always find us on <laughs> social media, Instagram and Twitter at. 12 ounces sobriety podcast and always feel free to email us questions or comments at 12 ounces sobriety pod at gmail.com with that carson let's get to your trip you took we, we discussed this on our tuesday episode we released you went on a work trip sober for the first time i know you know we discussed a few things with that how was it overall overall good it was a good trip. I had zero issues with cravings or temptation for the majority of the trip. First few days were completely fine. Uh, got in, you know, late Monday night, about midnight. So we pretty much just went straight to bed, woke up the next day. Um, we, we did a lot of prep work. We made some uh, some gift bags for some of our producers, you know, went and grabbed lunch and did all that good stuff. And then I had, you know, a nice little dinner that night. And, and we, we had an exhibit hall with a booth. So, you know, guys can come through and get you kind of like a trade show. Spoke with a lot of people that night. Solid night. It wasn't till I w the, the very last night, which was last night, that I actually kind of ran into one of the first heavy cravings that I have felt since I've been in sobriety. So... You know, I would say I hate to say that, but I'm actually kind of glad it happened because it was a good tester for me, and and I think it's a a good it's good to be able to share that with you guys that you know regardless of how hard you work and how far you are in sobriety, it will come up, and that's completely fine because these things do happen, but it's very doable, you know. So, what you do to combat that craving you had last night? Well, did a couple things. One thing I did was I called my friend Pat. Which would be me. That would be you. Yeah, I gave Pat a call last night. And, uh, it was like 9.30. He was what? It was 11. Okay. Oh, well, shit. You were. Yeah. Uh, don't, okay, okay, yeah okay, that, okay. That look on your face was very condescending. Was like, wait, but hey, I was. No, in, you were uh, in central time. Oh. 
whenever you go to the central time zone, you're, you're actually time traveling. So I was in a different dimension than you. So it was closer to 930 for me, but we'll, we'll call it 10. But yeah, so, you know, I stepped out. I, you know, we, we finished up long day of work, had a bunch of meetings, went to a nice dinner. It was like an award ceremony. And then we had a few of our, you know, top advisors and, and, and close partners that went just to the hotel bar. And I wanted to go hang out. I wanted to, cause I don't, I don't really get to see these guys face to face hardly ever. It's, it's a once a year thing, maybe twice a year thing that I get to see these guys face to face. Everything else is over the phone. So I really did want to be a part of that and had nothing to do with them drinking. It just was the, the camaraderie and, and getting to know, you know, people better. It just, you know, it, it fosters a, a better relationship. And so went down there, you know, got me a water and, and a lime and, and I was looking around and, you know, everyone was drinking and, and I was probably asked, you know, what I wanted seven, eight times, you know, what do you want? What do you want? You know? And, but it was nobody, nobody was pressuring me. They had no idea. They were being kind. And I'm like, Oh, I'm good. I'm like, okay. But I, I did hit a point after about 30 minutes where I, I took a step outside. It was be- thankful. It was a beautiful night. And we had like a river. If you ever been to Iowa near Iowa city, there's a beautiful river there that is right next to the campus. And we were right across from that. And that's where our hotel was and the conference was, but I stepped out there. It was a beautiful night and went for a little walk. And then I called Pat and just, I kind of talked, he, he, he talked through it with me and like, you know, we've, we've talked about support systems many times on this podcast and you know, I, I utilized mine literally last night and it was perfect. He, he was gracious enough to take time out of watching his disgusting horror movie that he was watching, AKA Saul three. Yes. I was in the middle of Saul three, like a freak, but he, he took some time and, and just kind of taught me through it and it was really nice and it, and it really helped me. So that's how I coped with it. And uh, it was all good from there. I actually went back in and, and kind of, I, I chatted for about 20, 30 more minutes. And then, and that was my, I hit my capacity, said my goodbyes, went upstairs and, and hit the hay. So it was, wasn't was a huge issue, but that did need to be addressed because, you know, I, I definitely felt it and wanted to be a part of it. And that's, you know, when you go on work trips, it, that is, that's what you do for the most part. It's literally what you do. And uh, I just had, and had to abstain from it and still had a good time, still chatted with them, a lot of laughs and got to know people very well. Yeah. And that's why we bring up all the time about having, you know, a support system around you in your sobriety and Carson and I sit here, we talk about the, the alcoholism twice a week. We attend meetings, you know, we've been through treatment and we still have issues and we, you know, Carson did the right thing by reaching out and, and sometimes just, just reaching out to somebody else that knows what you're going through. That is also an alcoholic or an addict of some sort in recovery as well. They can they can give you some advice or they can just talk to you for a few minutes and it does help and it helps kind of bring you back to to where you need to be and so you're not tempted to to make a mistake and and pick up when you when you don't need to. And so I was happy he called and and we talked for about twenty minutes and and that's why we always continue to talk, to preach that is have that community of support have those people you can call and you guys can even reach out to us we say it all the time find us on Instagram or Twitter as I had mentioned earlier and so you can always feel free to reach out if you just need to talk but you know find that home group start building your community if you don't have one already because it is very beneficial. You know, there's a, there's another thing I I did that I wanted to highlight, and I told Pat this last night. I was kind of laughing about it. I felt somewhat like a hypocrite because we preach on this a podcast that you know people don't care when you don't drink, but sometimes when you are in the situation, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. And so I went to earlier earlier yesterday. I went to lunch with my business partner and one of our bosses. My business partner's you know he's a great friend of mine, and he's 
well aware of everything going on in my life. And my, my boss doesn't know it. I don't see him hardly ever. I actually have only met him in person one time. And we really don't talk that much. It's a very free flowing environment that I'm in. You know, I'm, it's a very entrepreneurial type job within a company. So I love the freedom, but you know, I don't, I don't really know my bosses that well. And so I felt compelled to let him know at one point, cause we went to lunch and, and he, you know, he kept talking about wanting to get beers with us and he, he you know, ordered a Coors Light and my business partner ordered one and, and I got a water and, and I, and I looked at him after about 10 minutes and I was like, Hey, just so you know, man, I, you know, it's not, it's not that I don't ever drink or anything. I, I, you know, I just, I'm cutting it out. Like, you know, I drank too much and, and I'm getting rid of it. You know, just want to let you know, it wasn't one of those weird things. And, and I don't know why I said that, but I said it. And he looked at me and he goes, dude, I don't give a shit if you drink a ton or don't drink at all, man. I just want to hang out with you. And I was like, man, you know, it was awesome. It was a great response. I wouldn't have expected anything less, but I was thinking about that after, after lunch. And I was like, why did I feel like I had to say that? Yeah. I, you know, and but it Which, just reinstitutes. He didn't care. Yeah, and I said that too before. Sometimes you feel weird, like you have to justify the reason why you're not drinking, which we don't. Nobody needs to. You don't. He didn't. You didn't have to say anything. No, I he didn't have expecting to say you to thing. say anything. But we're weird, and we're you know in recovery, and that stuff you know runs through our head. Well, I was projecting. I was projecting for sure. And and you and I said this last night. It's I was I was. I was envisioning his thought process being like my old thought process. Yes. What wasn't necessarily a judgmental thing. It was more of a, you know, I want to have fun with you. Like, where's your beer? You know, why aren't you drinking? And maybe it was a judgmental thing. And you know, I say that, but maybe it was this guy, you know, why, why is this person not drinking? You know, they, do they, do they not like a good cold beer after a long work day or, you know, half a work day? Cause we were at lunch and I just felt like he was thinking that and he wasn't thinking that. Well, and that's part of the problem with society in our thought process is people think that if you don't drink, there's something wrong with you. Or mm -hmm. does this person not like to have a good time because they don't drink? And the longer we're sober, the more we find out that that's just absolutely ridiculous thought mm -hmm. process. However, going back to our everyday trend that we talk about all the time, society loves alcohol and, you know, treats it as if you cannot have fun without it. Mm-hmm. If you look around and the more you think about it, you're truly miserable with it. So I think that's kind of what happens is people think in their heads, even once they're sober, they're like, well, I can't fit in or this person's going to think I'm weird when because of the way society looks at alcohol in general. You know, I always tell people this. If for some reason you're not comfortable telling somebody you don't drink or that you're in recovery or whatever it might be, I've heard this before. A great excuse is to always just say, hey, I'm on a medication. I can't drink on it. And nobody will question it. If you feel the need to explain something, I, I told Carson that last night. But, yeah, he wouldn't have cared had you not said anything mm -hmm. whatsoever. It doesn't sound like so. No, exactly. So, you know, to, to my boss, we'll we'll call him. We'll call him Morpheus. Thanks, Morpheus, for understanding. You're the man, and I appreciate that. And uh, and I think that that's that's the majority of people out there are gonna are gonna be the same way as Morpheus. Yeah, and and honestly, nobody. It's really none of their fucking business. Honestly, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well I mean, said. no, you're right. Other people, sorry, <laughs> it isn't. Who cares? And now, granted, I'm. My mindset is a little different. I'm a. I'm just one of those people that is 
very laid back. I mean, I'll tell everybody I'm an alcoholic. I don't care. I don't really care what people think about me whatsoever. And I'm just generally just a nice person and I'm honest and I'm free. I don't care. And, but also at the same time, it's, it's nobody's fucking business beside yours. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things that I'm big into is especially with alleviating stress in life is only worry about what you can control. I've talked about that before. You know, step one says we are uncontrolled or our lives have become unmanageable because we're or alcohol we're powerless over alcohol. Our lives have become unmanageable. Well, the powerlessness one, we're powerless over alcohol, but we're powerless over so much in our life, and there's literally no reason to give one ounce of energy or effort into something that's out of your control. Like whether somebody cares if I drink or not, I don't care. Who cares what that person thinks? And you kind of just, if you go into it with that mindset a little bit, and I know that's not for everybody, then you realize that, well, you can only control what you can control. You can't control what anybody else thinks and you'll be happier living a life like that. Yeah. And I know I repeatedly said this on Monday when we were talking, when I was in the airport and I was talking about how I was excited that I wasn't going to be anxiety ridden, you know, in the airport, on the plane, being hungover. And I tell you what, it was awesome. I woke up early this morning and I felt great. And you were, guys were almost we were almost late, late to your flight. So just not our fault. Had you been hung over, what you would oh, have been going through? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So 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 one thing that we did not realize is we were in a somewhat of a you know, rural area in Iowa. And there weren't quite as many Ubers as we're used to in Charlotte that you can get an Uber any, every two minutes if you wanted to most times in Charlotte, but our Uber driver, there's only one available and granted it was five in the morning. So I'll give him that. I, I will give him that. But uh, she took about 35 minutes to get to us and we were pushing, we were pushing it big time. Our flight was at 6.30 and I think we got through TSA at 6.20. And one thing I didn't tell you, Pat, is our flight actually got delayed 30 minutes, so it wouldn't have mattered. But okay. with that said, we didn't know that, but we were pushing it and I was cool, calm and collected. I was like, you know what? You know, Worrying's not going to do anything for me. But if I was hungover, whew, that would have been a tough morning. I'll yeah. tell you what, that would have been a brutal morning. Yeah. So it was really nice, man. And and like I said, you know, you know flying, flying home, as I mentioned earlier, I don't, I don't, I'm not scared of flights, but I don't love them and I don't need any added, you know, I don't need anything to, to make me more anxious or, or stress or worry. That's just, it's not, doesn't need to be a part of the equation. So, so all in all, it's a good trip. Glad I did it. Glad I did it sober. Yeah. Yeah. And it is important. Again, you didn't stress, even though you guys were running late, things happen, you know, it's out of con your, your control at that point. So Again, control what you can control, mm -hmm. and that's yep. about it. Shout out to our Uber driver for getting us there. We'll call her Misty. Oh. Thanks, Misty. Good job, Misty. Yeah. Appreciate the one you. Uber driver in Cedar Rapids mm -hmm. or Iowa City or wherever yep. you were. Even though your name's not Misty, it is now. So Okay. Thank you. Yeah. The Misty and Morpheus. Also, go Hawkeyes, I guess. Their offense is god-awful bad this year. Yeah. All right. Well... Carson, we are glad you're back and that you made it back safely and that when you were struggling a little bit on your trip, you reached out to your support systems and 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 fought through it a little bit and, and didn't give in to any cravings or anything uh, out there. You know, anybody that's listening that, you know, whether you're two days sober or 20 years sober, 
always still have that system in place. You never know when something's going to come up. And in alcoholism, there's no cure for it. There is treatment, and it's something that we're always going to have to work on. And so continue to work every day to, you know, continue to build your program, continue to grow your support system and your community around you and adding value to your life. And you realize that the being sober is, you know, the greatest thing you can do. So with that, we will have on Monday the second part of our book report on Alcohol Lied to Me by Craig Beck. Then interview next late or next week for our Friday release. Don't know who yet, but I'll, one of us will schedule one with somebody. Also, there was one last thing I wanted to mention. We One of the opening speakers at the conference was a, a certified dietitian, a health coach, nutritionist. Um, I don't know exact his exact title, but he was in that field. Had an amazing story. He beat a few different terminal illnesses. So I guess they weren't so terminal after all. But he has lived a life of you know, uh, contributing to his body, studying and helping other people. And he made a, a large point about what the most important organ in the body is. Patrick Sharp. Do you want to guess what the most, most important liver? Okay. Ding, ding, ding. There it is. So as we've said before, according to our own studies and what we found, liver is very important. So just keep that in mind. He, he preached it on stage and I was just kind of smirking and I was like, yeah, yeah, you are, you are right. That's what we all thought. And just, Again, goes to show that you got to take care of it, and there's a big thing that we can do to take care of that. So keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And alcohol definitely damages it. So doesn't help it. No. So thank you for bringing that stat up. As always, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Twelve Ounces Sobriety Podcast, or you can email us at Twelve Ounces Sobriety Pod at Gmail dot com, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Ciao.